0: everybody and thank you all so much for listening to episode 20 of the arizona movie club i'm your host my name's tyler as i always will be as it always will be i don't plan on changing my name anytime soon what about you my gracious co-host andy nope i'm still andy No, no 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 name changes for you in the future nope okay awesome so we'll be tyler and andy forever it's like what you can expect you can always come to know that let us be a blanket of support in these times of uncertainty every awful corporate chain mail right now. But if you are asking yourself, what is this podcast and why is he talking like this? Well, we're the Arizona movie club every week we come and we talk about two movies and one of us has never seen before because we're late to the party. That's where the segment is supposed to be. Once all this, everything goes back to normal, we'll go back to watching movies in the theater. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we won't die from COVID when that happens. But right now in this time capsule, Late to the parties, the whole damn podcast. It'll yep. be a bit one day, or not a bit, but it'll be a segment one day. But for right now, it's forever. Uh, we so we watched two movies. Both of them have to be older by nature. This week we did a double Wes Anderson double feature. So if you listen to our previous podcast, we appreciate that. If you haven't, please go listen. We talked about The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I had mixed feelings. Andy had less less great feelings about it, but still gave okay, it an all right score, not to tip too much. Please go listen to that. But this this week slash this episode, we're talking about the Fantastic Mr. Fox. You. Yeah. It's going up on a Saturday. I don't care when you listen to it. I appreciate the listen because I value you, our loyal listeners, or potential loyal listeners. We want you on board. You're very sentimental. This episode. Yeah, we're not Team Z but we are Team Arizona Movie Club. And every Wednesday and Saturday, until the movies come back into our lives, then that may change the scheduling a little bit. But every Wednesday and Saturday, I. Promise. I'm going to do my absolute best. I'm holding myself accountable, damn it, to edit those bad boys and have them up every Wednesday and Saturday so you have a little the stability people, in your life. Need us, huh? We've been unnecessary, unstable fathers like Steve Zissou. We're trying to be dependable fathers like the fantastic Mr. Fox. They and have we'll have have you, Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. Or Ethan Hawk in Boyhood, <laughs> as he be- eventually becomes a stable father. Those khakis. Those khakis. And we will have you, your podcast, every Wednesday and Saturday. Because you deserve it, damn it. And because we need more listens. And Spreading them out seems to have worked. I appreciate that feedback. Also, maybe it's just me putting more words in the algorithm. Either way, tell us how you got here. It works. Tell us what you think, how you got here, what you did last Wednesday. I don't care. If you want to email us, you can email us at azmovieclub@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Again, that's azmovieclub@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at Arizona Movie Club. Hopefully, we'll probably get a Facebook, a YouTube, and a Instagram at some point. Honestly, I don't see the point of getting an Instagram for this show. Also, some side feedback. If anybody would like individualized clip or, like, art for each episode, that's some things I've looked into that works for some podcasts. But I don't really see what I could do outside of putting the poster up for every movie. But if that's something that some people would like, just, like, a different background for every episode... You're at the ground level. We're 20 episodes deep. That feels like a lot, but I promise you, it's oh, really absolutely. not. We're going we're going two years deep here, and I'm going to get legitimized on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. I'm taking some yeah. movies down. Percentage, a half percentage. I don't care. If a movie has 12 reviews, and I don't like it, it's not looking good for you, but <laughs> Black Snake Mode, I'm coming for you. The second I'm legitimized, bust open the archives, and let's... Let's do it. But right now, I, I don't think we're going to be taking Fantastic Mr. Fox down a peg. No, no. Because that's my bad transition to us actually deep diving. We talk about movies here every week, and we're talking about the Fantastic Mr. Fox, second of our Wes, and- Wes Anderson double feature, pardon my tongue-tiedness there. I love this film, Andy. It's a great film. I'm a sucker for stop-motion animation, but also I have some—I'm not— if you're thinking, oh, well, he's impartial— no, because one of my other hot takes is "The Nightmare Before Christmas" sucks. I'm <laughs> <Come laughs> um, at the internet. I've yeah. already said enough bad things. The internet
1: It pissed everybody off. I,
0: yeah, I, I did, did it there. It's now. done. <laughs> it's,
1: it's done. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like stop motionals. So this one was really, really, really fun. I this was peak Wes Anderson for me, and I did not see this one, so I must have been that off-put by it being a children's aesthetic, if you will. Like it, I thought it was a lot more of a children's movie than it is. Um, yeah. Just at face value. I think it's fair you to know, say. I think I was like snooze, not interested.
0: That Andy takes animation with a grain of salt. He did anyways. I have opened his animation frigid heart, and it's starting to thaw over we between.
1: We've watched some winners, yeah. Between Onward, Paranorman, and this. For the the sheer body of movies that I watch, and I won't even go into the list I bore Tyler to death with before we started recording, because <laughs> I watch so many movies right now. I, the only three children's ones have been for this part. It was Paranorman, Onward, and, and uh, this one. Yep. So I still don't and, go out of my way, but I have enjoyed the ones we've
0: all watched. Again. Yeah, and as a bad backwards transition real quick, the movies we will be watching next week will not be animated films. Ooh. We're going to be watching Mom and Dad, starring Nicolas Cage, and The Spectacular Now, starring Miles Teller and Whit- Shailene Woodley. Uh, Andy, I've never seen Mom and Dad. Andy's seen it several times. He really enjoys it. Don't watch the trailer. Just listen to the pod and watch the movie, because... Yeah. The trailer makes it look worse than it is because it's got pretty solid reviews and the spectacular now, well regarded uh, as well. I really, really enjoy that film. And just so we say, uh, Mommy dad's on
1: Hulu and Spectacular Now is, is on Netflix. Netflix.
0: So okay. two accept- I'm glad we did that too. Two accessible cool. movies, you probably have one or two both of those services. They both have free trial, sign up for it if you really mm-hmm. want to watch it or do what everybody does and steal a password from one of your family members. I actually pay for both of those now. Damn, I'm an adult. See, I
1: I'm kind of I, I ride both sides of the fence because I shoulder all of the the bundle of ESPN, Disney, and Hulu, and and then I do Netflix. So my family all rides my coattails from that, and then I piggyback off of your Amazon Prime. So you pay it forward that
0: way for me. I don't coattail off anyone now. Oh dang! I officially couldn't figure out my mom's Netflix password. It was like one in the morning, and I needed to fall asleep <laughs> to some Bojack Horseman. <laughs> And so I just signed up for the free month, and it's over now. Yeah, it's damn it. I'm an adult now. So those are our two movies next week. They're both accessible, easy to watch. I forgot to mention it. Sorry. I'm trying to put more energy than I already put into our intro and trying to iron it out. But it looks like so far what I've forgotten is to plug next week's movies. I plugged the email even, but I did not (laughs) plug next week's movies. So back, back diving back into Fantastic Mr. Fox. You're not a big lover of animated movies, but apparently you like stop motion. I'm pretty, like I'm not one of those weirdos that loves animation in the sense that I don't like anime. Uh, yeah, the inter- there it is. There's the final. Co- we thought Nightmare Before Christmas was there, and then like really like the coffin was popping up just a little bit. Yeah, and then it's just like I took the hammer.
1: I like Afro Samurai. That's about, <laughs> <anime. laughs> about as deep as it runs for me too.
0: Funny. Really, like all my qualifications for do you want to host this podcast with me and do this podcast with me? Where we're like. Do you like movies, and do you hate anime? And nobody matched match the second box. And then Andy was like, anime? You mean that thing for losers? And <laughs> next yeah. thing you know... <laughs> and I'm a hypocrite, because I actually like Pokemon. I like the anime of that. I like shit I watched when I was a kid, Dragon Ball Z. But as an adult, I just... And,
1: I'm my, not, and my girlfriend, Emily, she loves uh, anime. She tries to get me into stuff all the time, and I'm always
0: politely. It's mostly a joke for me, but I, I just don't take the active time to watch it. Yeah. But, like, I'm not so into animation. I feel like I straddle a pretty nice line of I enjoy animated films. I love, like, King of the Hill and mm-hmm. Futurama. There are certain animated shows I really like. But I'm not obsessed with it. I feel like I can remain impartial enough to be critical. True. Probably not the way some people – Uh, like, shout out to the Talking Simpsons podcast. They, like, do really in- in-depth analytical stuff. but They also really love animation. So I'm definitely not to that level. Uh, but this one, this one was tough because, like, when I think about the bar for animated children's movies, to me, like, it begins and ends with Paranorman yeah, because yeah. I love it so much. So, was this like, I'll, I love this film? I said I love this film. Mm-hmm. Was this that level? Was it a ten? I've struggled. It, it's going to be high for you're me. J- also, you're not doing j- right to score. No, no God no. I mean, I want it. I don't want it to run an hour truly. because it's a little late at night right you now. I don't want to deny the people content either. I'm not going to be like, 10 minutes after pod, who scored it and talked about some weird stuff. Thanks for the free promo. Mic drop. Yeah. No, uh, I really enjoyed it. So that's kind of what I struggled with. We can get to the plot beats if you want, or would you like to talk a little bit about what you liked, like just your general feelings, the vibes from this film? Yeah.
1: I mean, well documented. That That's kind of my thing. And so, so Wes is right up my alley. And this one did all the things right that, that I kind of remember Life Aquatic doing. Um, just really putting you in this this universe. It's so fun. This movie is fucking adorable. Maybe a weird like it's a children's movie, but like,
0: is it the dialogue?
1: It's just so cute. Like I know that's maybe yeah. Like like not, not the best like like description of it, but like like the, the fire extinguisher shooting like cotton, and like it was just it
0: was just so uh, well put together and well thought out. And so is it. Was the cute definition because, like, that's not a word Andy throws out often. Yeah, it was. I don't think I have on the pod, but I, I'll say things are cute. I feel like more regularly than Andy will. Yeah. But wh- is that coming purely from the animation? Is it coming from the dialogue? Is it just the blend of everything put together? I like, feel like, it was
1: more the animation and and the way that the world worked and and just like what it was made out of the material they did and, and then and then how they like, they they mix the stop motion elements into that. I really like that. The dialogue, it didn't. It's not. It's not that it left anything to be desired because that's what the Life Aquatic was all about, as we just talked about. Like, it's just they're communicating very poorly, like children. This one, you know, the the dialogue looks all very well written, but
0: and the hook is ironically the opposite. Yeah, even children in this world have like more well thought out, nuanced opinions about <laughs> things. Even his son, and when they can't describe something, they usually use like hand emotions. To just kind of, like, give you the feeling that mm-hmm. they're feeling.
1: And they say the word
0: cuss rather than that cuss. Is, That is the most cute brilliant
1: workaround yeah, well, for really yeah. you Every single time, you, of course, knew what they were saying.
0: But just the same way we know, like, dang, darn, like, that's just yeah. substitutes for damn. Mm-hmm. But just, like, throwing cuss in there as a way to, like, I think it was a way for West to keep his dialogue. I think I read this book when I was a kid. We should know if this was a book. Oh, my Roald Dahl. Roald Notably, the BFG. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I read, like, a tour. Like, I went through a pair of, like, five or six of his books. Oh, okay. When I was, like, 11. Because I needed to read a lot of books for a book. He got points at school. And I was just a dork with no friends at the time. So mm-hmm. I wanted, to, I read a lot of books that were easy and got me points, but, like, had a good time on the way. I remember those, yeah. Like, I read the BFG, watched the trailer for that movie, and I was like... Never watching that. It looks like <laughs> an unholy bastardization of, like, what my kid memory was. I never read it I didn't read it's just, it. It's just, I also hate off-putting CG. Oh. Which man. is, like, why it's so great. Because I do think Roald Dahl uh, has, like, fun descriptive stories. And so the fact that this is just, like, a, a beautifully rendi- rendered, like, stop-motion film, I think is more fitting, especially for, like, a story like this. It would feel real weird if this was a CG Like, please don't do that in 20 years. Yeah. It's probably going to happen. I already hate it. It's gross. And it's going to, like, every. I know what you mean when you say you hate animation because there's a lot of, like, really bad kid stuff where they have, like, dead in the eye look and it's just, like, awful 3D from, like, a PS2
1: game. And and you're relying solely on just the. Humor to get you through, and it's like—I mean, I like a joke as much as the next guy, but if I want to watch an animated thing, like the like the animation has to be good, and it can't be hard on the eyes. And I, yeah, this this one was just really, really easy all the way through.
0: And I mean, it's—I mean, story is straight from the book. I again, I read it so long ago. If I did, I'm pretty sure I did. That I don't know the differences now, mm-hmm. um, but like, we can recant the story pretty quick. I like without Life Aquatic. I don't think it bears mentioning like two specifically but essentially the long and short of it is we get a creepy intro where they like the kids from around the area sing about bogus buns, and beans i had that stuck in my head for like four days <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like local farmers mm-hmm. and they get like they literally just open with that and don't actually explain their whole shtick until later which is fun but, like this creepy weird thing we know they're like bad guy farmers and we open with fox and his girlfriend i believe played by meryl streep right mm-hmm. And then she's she's pregnant, and they're like robbing a chicken farm. We don't even know whose farm that is at this point. But he robbed. They're robbing, and then they get caught, and he's like, like if you know, promise me you're never gonna do this again.
1: Yeah. Now we got the baby on the way.
0: Which he does, and then we cut to. We don't see how they get out, but it's later explained that so they two figured years out. Or Twelve fox years. Yeah. So
1: everything in fox years, which was very fun too.
0: And it's even funny, they say the characters themselves speak out the fact that it's Fox and years, they're acknowledging they're for-
1: the difference. Yeah, sometimes they'll go in regular years, sometimes <laughs> they go in Fox years,
0: yeah. And so we later figured out they, they got out from there by digging under. That's explained. And there's a lot of digging in this film. Tons and tons of it. And basically when we cut forward the 12 Fox years, it's his son. He has a son, Ash. And we voiced by Jason Schwartzman, big character actor in a lot of Wes's films. Also, notably, the final boss in, like, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He's the final ex-boyfriend. I mean, I don't really care for Scott Pilgrim. I actually never saw that one. It, it's fine. Like, okay. I mean, Michael is great. I just, I think the story itself is kind of weird and problematic, but that's oh, okay. a time for another day. But he is, like, I'm trying to think of his Outside West, his big roles, which he doesn't have a ton of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one of the ones that immediately comes to mind. You said you're not the biggest fan of his, but... He kills it as the He's voice of Ash in this. Yeah,
1: yeah. This one, and then Schwartzman in The Polka King a couple years ago uh, with Jack Black. That was a fun <laughs> one. He, he won me back a little bit. Yeah, so, so these two were big for me.
0: And not to get too much off of the plot, because I will do the like the bear plot beat here, but I think what's so good about the writing, and I don't—see, I don't even remember this about the book. I really cannot stress how little I remember about the book, but what's so great in this, Ash is different. To, like not even to quote them like where they do this hand motion and he's like i guess i'm just different and he like kind of squiggles his hands each mm-hmm. you know together yeah uh, up, which is just like a fun way of like because it is dumb when you're like he's different well what does that mean yeah is so that how do we signify like because some people say oh he's different and then there's like the like dreaded different that your kid's like mm-hmm. a weirdo or whatever and so that's how they communicate that well like, that's more adult than like even a lot of adult movies you know mm-hmm. will try and address those kind of things. It really finds quirky ways to, like, lay out and identify why certain things don't make sense, and it makes even less sense when a fox is talking about it out loud. But he's, like, a problem child. Not really even a problem child. He's just, like, a little weirdo. He just likes doing his own thing. But he's not athletic, which <laughs> I
1: think they, they kind of make it, like, if you're a fox, you should be athletic. I think Yeah. Some blind,
0: yeah. And, like, him saying... I'm an athlete. It's, yeah. it's like great Just bits of dialogue and then the adults being like, yeah, sure you are. Yeah. And he, he wants to be like his dad, though. It's not like he wants to be different. Oh, yeah, who wouldn't want to be like...
1: His, his dad was like the whack bat champ. Yeah, his... And this has time stamps. Like we talked about, usually his, his movies don't have years. His dad was the whack champ from 68 to
0: 71. Yeah, I didn't catch For that. Him, I'm glad that It you... has to be
1: 1968 to 1971. And then in 1972, he was... Or maybe it was just when he was done with school. Like, maybe he just was never beaten by anyone. It was silvery marmoset.
0: The next <laughs> year. And, yeah, it's... I love dedication in small bits to, like, to understanding why a character is the way they are, the way they tick. And I think the way this film handles Ash is more significant than almost any character arc other than Mr. Fox himself. I think they I'd say, yeah, more so, because yeah. Mr. Fox's whole arc is kind of just, like, being less just kind Maybe of like selfish yeah being less selfish being less less narcissistic yeah because uh, i mean i like the mr fox character i need to point out sure. that when we talked about steve Zissou, i did not like him. but i mean the joking other title you could give this is like the narcissistic mr fox yeah he does a lot of serving himself and it's funny because what i when i rewatched it this time and he talks about it at the end that he can't help it and he's just like he acknowledges that he's a showboat and he loves everybody to think he's yeah. great. What it reminded me of is the scene in breaking bad where he's just like, I liked it. Oh yeah. And he just like admits what we all know, which is like, yeah, you enjoy the attention. You enjoy the spotlight. Like, yeah.
1: You can deny it all you want, but of course you
0: I've pretended to be shy at times throughout my life. I don't know if you know this, but like I'm sitting here hosting a podcast. There's a, a
1: card you can play.
0: Yeah. You all heard that intro. Like there's a lot of <laughs> pent up energy in me. That shows itself from time to time. And so it's it's like, it's okay to admit sometimes you like the attention, but that's his, yeah, his arc is less, like he needs to prove himself or whatever. Like we kind of know who he is. He's a more, he's a more static, defined character that changes gradually where it's like Ash definitely comes into himself by the end of the film. Mm -hmm. Just the little bits where he wants to be a burglar so bad. Yeah, he misses the rush of it all, Yeah, And Mr. Fox sends him back, but instead his cousin who he's like, created a rivalry within his head oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. shows up because he actually the dad actually did invite the cousin
1: what was the what was the cousin's dad like he had like double
0: pneumonia yeah what was up with that <laughs> double i never heard of that i think it's just like what's ridiculous but he won't definitely die. Yeah. <laughs> you know just like hey what i can't say it's yeah let's let's come up with some illnesses and part of it i'm not gonna assume but it could have been lazy research like I like Wes Anderson, but basically what I've heard, for Isle of Dogs, for example, they did a really shitty job of translating Japanese. Oh. So, like, Japanese natives have watched it and been like, this is, like, not 100% accurate at all. The character oh, that speak Japanese. So, when I say lazy research, like, they probably didn't really, but maybe they failed to like look up what a fox might be like deadly with, but not a hundred percent gonna die. Sure. Um I again, I love like lots of movies, but you gotta call out parts that like just don't make sense or are problematic. Yeah. And so that's that could be what it is, but I thought the Devil Pneumonia joke was funny, especially when Ash just chimes in like it's so like double pneumonia. It can't be that bad. Yeah. But then flips, when, and that's when he's trying to like justify his cousin being left yeah, out. he really hates the cousin. But then basically applies later on to his cousin, your dad has double pneumonia. He's basically going to die. Like, yeah. you know, how He's such a little shithead in the beginning of this film. That, it like, But it also feels earned because he doesn't want to be a bad person. He just like, doesn't know why he is the way he is sometimes. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything like irredeemable. He's just been a little shithead. And by he has the all end, his
1: feelings he just doesn't know what to do with,
0: and that the fact that by the end he's like followed through on is like how he wants to be a better person without mission stating it, just kind of doing the things feels like feels fun. Mm-hmm. I I guess we talked about favorite characters, but like I can't hide Ash is my favorite character. Yeah, with Christopherson being a close second, I love Christopherson too. Like,
1: I, I mean, I guess I'd have to say mine is is. Mr. Fox, but it's it's all the humor usually relating right to Christopherson. Like, like all of my, like, LOLs that I wrote down were pretty much just, like, when he was commenting, like, well, yeah, like, Christopherson also. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's like, just all those, like, little aside things, they, they were great. So you, your favorite moments, or, like, your favorite Mr. Fox moments were the, the classic dad. Think, like, Hank Hill. Think every dad trope where they're the, not even masculine, but, like, the more traditional dad that has the son that's, like, they never want to admit is like doesn't meet their expectations, but yeah. they clearly don't.
1: Not my kind of But they always
0: have the cousin. that is like everything you would think that's their kid right. would be. Yeah, yeah. So those were your those were the highlight of your jokes or like humor I, thought, I
1: thought those dynamics were fun because, of course, you know, like he's gonna rebound and and, and he loves his son. It's not like he does. No, that's what I mean. Like yeah, like like Clooney and, and Schwartzman, of course, are gonna are gonna have their moment and everything. But it's like you're just you're loving the journey so much because it's so uncomfortable for Ash, like. Christopherson, the cousin, gets like a bandit hat first. Like and then, the through line of the bandit hat uses got a lot of like a lot of laughs from me. And the the bandit hats his, are hilarious. Yeah, he's got his like sock, his tube sock <laughs> hat. That was great. I love the tube sock as a bandit. That was very, so that was much. A very
0: cute moment. It's just that's a lot of what I enjoy about this film comes from the dynamics between Ash and Kristofferson and Mr. Fox, and I think really. That's what this film's about, framed around the ridiculousness of everything else that gets all gets started and kickstarted by Mister Fox. Is it Mister Fox's desire to show that he's better than everyone else by stealing things? Because that's what he's good yeah. at. And realistically, like, what else are you going to create? Mm. Because the film has fun with the idea of homes, and like, he wants to live like above land. Yeah, he's <laughs> trying to buy a nice home. His wife even has the uh, the funny. His wife has the like funny joke where she's just like, "Well, foxes have lived in holes for like forever and he's he's supposed to get a real job." So, he doesn't get a real job. It said he's a newspaper columnist that nobody reads his column. That's right, yeah. Sometimes that's how I feel about this podcast. I listen, don't worry. Only this is not <laughs> this is not our primary source of income. So, I, I can't hide the fact that I'm a little jealous of Mr. Fox cuz he's living he's living fine in this sweet ass tree. Uh, I like that the world has houses, has food, but also, like, isn't, oh, we're in our own world, they still are small to scale, or pretty to scale with humans, and have to cohabitate this world. Mm -hmm. So just, like, you've got, like, the intricate dynamics of a house being in a tree, but also, everybody still has to dig underground and hide from the humans. Like, it's just fun, and it's kind of a weird pairing, but I like it. It makes sense in its own weird Mm -hmm. way. Preferable to something like Zootopia, and Zootopia's not a terrible movie, but it's just, like, did you see Animals Chicken Animals live in the world. Yeah, I did see Chicken okay, Run. Okay, that,
1: that was when I was thinking of this entire movie was Chicken Run. Right? That was what I thought it was the most uh, closely related. You know.
0: they're, they are both funny but, and yeah, weirdly, like, like just adult. So yeah. But Chicken Run is more in the vein of a classic children's movie. Whereas I feel like a lot of kids, you put this bad boy on for five minutes and they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, Chicken Run, they'll go through it. I like not get these people at all. Yeah, Chicken Run came out around the same time as, like, Shrek. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more in the classic children's movies that, like, have adult humor in them um, for the adults. Like, oh, yeah, you can all enjoy it. So I think that's really what that is trying to be, where it's is, like, oh, yeah, this is a Wes Anderson film. For sure. In yeah. case you forgot from the poster. We'll
1: remind you every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> With some really dry humor. I, I got a good laugh at, uh, I think it was Bill Murray as the badger. Like, when he has to pick a lock the <laughs> Word, like, unlock it. He's got, like, a credit card, only it was, like, the nice titanium, like, oh, American yeah.
0: Express. And he's like, how the hell do you have that? He's like, well, I pay my bills on time. <laughs> like, oh, so that's responsible. The funniest part about that is that it's not even Bill Murray. So, Bill Murray is, like, the accountant oh, okay. that's telling everybody about the refinancing of the yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So, he, at least he's a responsible character with a lot of money. But he essentially, when he buys this tree as his home, Mr. Fox gets, like, Push just basically has this, like, little uh, skunk mm-hmm. put with him. I believe he's a skunk. Yeah. And he's the guy that gets minnows. What's his name? Oh, I forget. But he is just kind of like this dumb side character yes. that's a little, like, oh, you know, the the goofy sidekick. And so that's why that joke hits so hard because Ky- Kyrie or Kylie?
1: Kylie, that sounds, that sounds is right. Is it yeah.
0: Kyrie or Kylie? But anyways, it's like he's kind of a punchline throughout the whole movie. And you're like, he's the landlord, so he doesn't really. He takes care of this tree, kind yeah. of. And that's his. Or not even the landlord, the soup, the superintendent. He's like, he's just in there, does whatever he has to do, but mostly Fox drags him along for heist. And so this character that's been given any screen time, like, you really don't even feel like he has his own life. And he's yeah. got, like, the titanium credit card. Like, <laughs> he's got his own crazy. life.
1: And he's like, just <laughs> pay your bills. Yeah, man.
0: Pay my bills. You'll get this too. <laughs>
1: funny. But that is a great joke. Willem Dafoe is the rat. We haven't talked about that yet. That was yeah, that I know was Willem- Woody
0: Harrelson. That that's so weird.
1: I swear I fact checked, and now you're going to have to double check. I, yeah, I did afterwards just to, to be sure. You're probably right. I, I know Willem Dafoe is in everything that Wes does pretty much, and so I was like, the rat is definitely someone, and he had that same like rasp and swagger that I'm like, only only Dafoe can pull that off. <laughs> no one yeah. no one voices a rat like Dafoe.
0: And so the rat in question guards one of. Bunk- uh. I'm um, Baggins Bunsen August Bunsen beans yes yeah, so yeah one, I one, one, one okay yeah that's <laughs> the Andy really did have that melody stuck in his head so essentially Mr. Fox does a last heist quote-unquote which you know the implication is he's gonna keep continue stealing yeah and essentially he gets away with all three but that angers them the uh, the lean one the meanest of the bunch is like hey you guys have been robbed recently too yeah the fox is making a mockery of us all right. Let's go ahead and kill him. And he knows where he lives. Yeah. Which Fox had been warned about don't pick this tree. You're he basically. within the
1: number one bramble on shrub? You was, write down the address? So cute.
0: <laughs> and And basically, they try and dig him out. They try and. Well, first, they try and smoke him out and kill him. Um, and then he survives but loses his tail. And then oh, yeah. this is all after Christofferson showed up because his, his dad has double pneumonia and Ash has been mad at him. They're, they're enjoying their their tree but that's still not enough for Fox so that's when he goes and does these heist and then basically they spend the rest of the movie digging themselves out of this predicament and um, they keep digging downwards and the farmers get like ensuingly bigger, bigger and bigger they it, go uh, from shovels to yeah to the giant tractors oh yeah, excavating. I, yeah
1: I don't use, yeah I wrote down the names of those tractors
0: and so that's that's what a uh, that's what basically the most of the film's plot is driven from the other villagers are mad because eventually they're digging so much and they're so like obsessed with getting the Fox at this point that now it's like destroyed everyone else's homes. They try and out outsmart them. And they do at one point by basically pulling the, they keep digging and they pulled all their employees out from their homes. So we're going to get those sons of bitches and like steal everything this time. Oh yeah. Which is like a moment of respite. Like, Oh, Mr. Fox did all of this. You know, he's like he really is as great. Then they get flooded with cider, end up in the sewers, and then they also take Christofferson When Christofferson and Ash try and uh, get their dad's his Ash's dad's tail back. That's right. Yeah, they they go above ground up through the little grate, and then it ends in like classic Wes Anderson hijinks of like, okay, we can do this. We're gonna have, He's about to give himself up. Then the rat shows up. There's a whole fiasco. And then he's like, no, I am needed. I can't just kill myself, but, like, we can hatch a plan.
1: Yeah.
0: And they get Christopherson back. They have to live in the sewers. But it's not all bad because he just, like, instead of assume, assuming he can't get out anywhere, finds a vent to, like, a local grocery store. <laughs> and then they have this, like, yeah. fun moment inside the grocery store where he gives his little speech. That was a fun one, yeah. It's, and he, so that's, he finishes
1: the speech that he got interrupted
0: yeah, and, and that's the nice fancy dinner. And that's essentially that's the plot. That's it's bare I mean, it sounds a little less bare bones when I say it out loud, but it's like not super lengthy or intricate. It's clocked in under an hour and a half. I mean, our podcast may end up being half that yeah. runtime, but like yeah, I just can't reiterate how much I love the characters, writing, the animation as mentioned is gorgeous. The other fun moment i have with Kyrie or kylie whatever his name is I think it's kylie he which is the like little dumb side character fantastic mr fox the whole movie from the beginning does this like oh, does, yeah, like little it's whistle it's signature and puts up his thing and puts up like his hands you yeah. know doing like an okay symbol and at one point towards the end kylie just goes what is that and he's like what do you mean he's like the and he's like that's my trademark just because I think the first time I watched this, I was kind of like, "Oh, this movie's cool. I like it." But what's up with that? And so the fact that a character has that <laughs> moment reasonably, because everyone else just kind of like goes along with it. Every time Mr. Fox does it, <laughs> is a great joke. There's the movie really is full of a lot of just moments like that. Where the characters... Just constantly, yeah. Like, where you're not even
1: seeing, like, a, an out loud joke. Just, like, you know, he's listening for something, and his ears are, like, you hear, like, a sonar ping. Like, yeah. it's a radar. <laughs> shit like that, constantly.
0: The wolf thing at the end. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I crack up every time I see that. That was cool.
1: Like, I, yeah, I went into this on the Good Time episode. Like, everything's just making me feel, like, more sentimental lately. Like, so with all these movie watching, like, this even had me, like, misty eyed at the end, like, with that wolf moment. Like, this is so not what this is supposed <laughs> to be, but, like, I feel this right now. <laughs> the like fucking Werner Herzog documentary about, like, the 32,000 year old cave
0: paintings, like, I had me misty eyed. Okay, like, oh, God. It is. Caveman. Right. All I'm saying is. Andy might cry next week after we get done with the spectacular. Movie. Oh, God. It, it's, it's not really that no. emotionally wrenching, but it does have, like, poignancy to it, and oh, so now good. I'm thinking, like, oh, uh, well, that?
1: It probably will. God, man, everything lately yeah, in, just, I haven't it too many.
0: It takes well, you know, this isn't the part about that, but what I would, I would just say is it takes well-worn tropes about growing up young people and what are assumptions of them and how we don't give them, we make them really static, like tropes, mm-hmm. uh, and flat, flat-ended characters makes them really rounded and gives it like gives you perspective. I think even... That was what, almost six years ago, seven years ago. Like yeah. It changes constantly. And I think 8th grade is a great reminder of that, of like what it's like to be young. But there's enough universalness to like those types of people. And it, like, it really hits home for me. Yeah. Like it was incredibly like sad to watch the first time I watched it. But although um, it's not a sad film, I sure guess, if that, that makes sense. Um, but that would be my elevator pitch on it.
1: Uh-huh. That's a testament to that movie, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, I, I really saying. enjoy it. But back to Fantastic <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Fox, because Andy's getting sentimental about everything. Random first-person view shots, which you don't see a lot in West movies. There's a couple of those in this. I really enjoyed Probably it. Like, the dog cam?
1: Yeah. yeah that was fun.
0: <laughs> I think—and doesn't even show Fox. I think it shows, like, both of their perspectives, I believe. It cuts, like, to both of theirs. you right, yeah. And— I think he kind of I think Wes Anderson and we spent less time talking about Wes specifically in this one because we did talk a lot about him in the previous episode. So if you just listen to this one, we, we cover a lot more of like what to expect in those films. But I think this it is unique yeah. because stop Ocean is dioramas. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. So it, like it's harder to frame each frame as a diorama, although I do think he probably tries his hardest in certain scenes. Even like the the sewer scene at the end, Mm -hmm. instead of panning to each room, he does the classic, you break up the house and show it essentially as it's in half. But the irony is like, it looks like a diorama now. And so he just really can't help himself even when he's in a different medium. But I think being an animation also forced him to like change it up a little bit. I think maybe that's why we see the, uh, why we see the first person view. And I think this is his, I could be wrong because I don't know enough about his early career, but I think this is, like, his first adapted work, if I'm not wrong. That would make sense. And I think he did well with it. I think he taking totally source sure. material and read it, putting yeah. his spin on it probably suited him really well. Like, Isle of Dogs, he did the same thing, but like, with his own story. And we just talked about, the, like, I talked about the problems with that and how, like, you don't really understand Japanese culture. You're an outsider making the story seems a little insensitive. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like this made was more in his wheelhouse. This yeah. made more sense. So I'd like to see him do something like that. Who, who knows what the French dispatch, it looks good though. Um, doesn't look like there's a lot of like red flags. So hopefully it's just sticks to what he does or expands on it in like a new fun way. But yeah, I really, I think he did a good job with taking something that like on paper could have been a really just, wrote children's story mm-hmm. and really brought like characters that are, I believe still fun in the book and made them even more quirky, more fun. And really like, get, it's not a kid's movie. It is. Cause it's like a hundred percent. You can show it to your kid. But it'd just be weird if this was a kid's favorite movie. I do you do you remember if it the book ended the exact
1: same way? Like, Supermarket, We Can Live Forever, and Secrecy, Gray? I don't, but I imagine it did. So, yeah, okay. have to be along there. Because, like, well, yeah, I like that it, like, ended that way. Like, I'm well said, you know, throughout these, I like when a movie ends nice, and ends hopefully, and everything like that. So that was, you know, a home run as far as that goes. But other than, other than like, hey, don't be selfish, be more giving and, and whatnot, I couldn't really get much of a takeaway
0: from it. I also, so I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think this is nice and a good summation of why I like this Why Why I like this film so much is that, and I'm trying to like find the way to perfectly word it. Sure. The idea that there's no going back the idea that you had it perfectly and you messed it up. Mm-hmm. You ruined it. A lot of kids movies, like a lot of kids movies and I'm most of them would probably say, character atoned for it he made up for it he realized even though i'm not being a horrible person i was selfish that's what caused first disaster and it would find a way to get him out of it and it kind of has that fake false version of that initially when they like get him back twice and they're all feasting in this hole but it really makes him live with his actions like the recourse of his actions they're now stuck in the sewer but the fact that he's always been really opportunistic isn't necessarily a bad personality trait when kept in check, which is why we get to end on a, like an optimistic note, on a good note mm. that he found a way to make that work even in the bad conditions. But there's still no going back. Sure. So I, I think that's like a really adult theme that a lot of like movies and shows could learn. I think even in a weird way to tie it, to, like I think you'll probably feel the same way about the spectacular now in a week is like that's one of the things that does really good is making characters like live with the repercussions of what they do, even if it's not always bad. Like as long as you acknowledge it and move forward, you can still move forward, but that you can't go back. Okay. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, Yeah. I don't really think I've got any real, real straight takeaways. Um, What like a, like a, what a weirdly weird way to end the discussion about fantastic Mr. Fox, But I, I think that is, that kind of got out what I really like about the story. Yeah. No, Um, that, that,
1: that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And leaving aside what I didn't, or, or in, you know, because that's really what to take away from the story. And I think we did talk about, like, the highlights of the jokes and the character beats that we really enjoyed within the story.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what what he was going for with, like, the repetition of, um, like, we were always wild animals. Like, him, he says that, and then Meryl Streep says it. He says it again, like, at the final speech, like almost kind of, like, forgiving his actions. Like, I always told you I was always a wild animal. I think that's... like I, I guess I, I guess without saying the placement and the context, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, did, I just didn't quite get what he was going for.
0: That, I don't know if that's source material, but I would imagine that could even almost be a meta comment about, like, humanity. Like, we're still wild, yeah. wild animals. I think that could be what the interaction... Like, I without looking it up, I'm not a philosopher, so I can't sit here and say this is exactly what it was. But I just... The general idea I get is that even that moment with the wolf is, like, we... We're not technically meant to be domesticated, yeah. but, like, here we are. And even the idea of, like, the bad guys being people that have basically commoditized just normal necessities, food and whatnot, mm-hmm. and are now, like, destroying land and forcing kind of everyone into, like, these man-made bad places to live. And that's probably why he talks about, like, this is all manufactured stuff. But, like, we're still here. We still have essentially what we need. I don't know for sure, but I imagine it's, like, about a rumination on, like... is the whole thing, the reason... And I think Roald Dahl is probably trying to fit this this message about, like, humanity, consumerism, I imagine, or something along those lines into a children's story. And Wes saw that and didn't want to get rid of it, but also, like, wanted to add on his flair, his touch of just whimsy and how do I make this... is already, if you think about that, kind of an adult theme... I think it's a little hard for kids to get that. Sure. Wally kind of nails that, but like without. I actually you never saw Wally. oh, you've never seen Wally. You know me, the animated thing, but yeah. Oh, that needs to be an episode. Okay. Wally's like top tier animation stuff. The okay. You embrace the serpent. We'll <laughs> do it, was, it was Wally, and we'll find the comparison. Damn it! So. I knew I knew he was going to try and get me to embrace the serpent we'll, one way we'll, or we'll, another. We'll,
1: we'll chip away at you. We, we, we can
0: work. We'll on. eventually get there. But yeah, that's that's what I imagine it would be. I don't. I'm not trying to like defend it. If you think it's a weird beat and that stops it from being like. No, no, I, I appreciate that. Up there for you. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I would have even, even done differently. I, I can't think I of think I think I've backed myself into a corner where this might have to be a 10 just because of the laws I set up. Ooh, okay. With well, are you going, going first? Is that your score? You go first. It'll, give me a sec. I'm really th- – like, it, to the viewers that are like, oh, this is cheap, I don't think it's a 10, yeah. but it's so cl- – I, I won't give it a 10, but – like I guess there's an, a fun factor dude. As much fun as this is, mm-hmm. is Paranormal is perfect. Everything's flawless. But I also just like like it that two percent more that that you can't express. That's not tangible. It's like I just have that much more of a smile and that much more fun with Paranorman. But like I still fucking love this movie. Yeah, no, I
1: I, I get that. I get that. And, and so for for me, it was it was weird to score this one because. I love Wes Anderson, as we've said over and over again. Mm-hmm. But most of his movies come for me, like, like about at a, at a high 8 or a 9, which, mm-hmm. it, like, it doesn't have to be a 10 for me to love it. Like, I love tons of movies that are 9s, and they just hit me right in the right spot. So this one, funny enough, is probably the highest rated, because I rated this as a children's movie. like Because you kind of yeah. have to. Like, you have to do that, because you can't judge it. On acting, acting, and facial cues and things like You just you don't have those elements. It's solely on voice acting and then the, just the aesthetic of the children's movie. So it was a 9.2. So on paper, it is my highest. It was the best Wes Anderson movie I've ever
0: seen. It would have. I don't know if it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. It might be. Yeah. It's a 9.5 for me. Oh, okay. I, I thought about 9.7, and it still felt just a tad too, too big because it's like that ineffable undescribable point five is like what just makes paranormal magic to me mm-hmm. and that's just like no offense to Fantastic Mr. Fox, misses yeah. it just a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I'm waiting for the movie that's an animated movie that comes in as a ten for me because I don't Does it exist? I don't I don't want to sound like cranky like I like children's movies since like from time to time like I'll watch the Prince of Egypt. Like I like like the ones that have music and stuff like that. Like those those grand ones. <laughs> oh they all have music anti <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, you're you right. Mean a musical. I, I. You're right. Yeah. Well, I guess you're, it's showing how little I watch children's movies. Yeah, you know, the ones that have songs and. <laughs> but, but uh, like, like the good ones, I
0: guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know the basic component that all movies have had some sound was involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing. They're just they're just starting to put in kids movies. But no. Uh, so so yeah, there's a few. I, I don't think I have a ten. But yeah, this would be, damn, if not like probably the best kids movie. Would you give onward? A nine. That Onward oh, was really good. Okay, and I, and so this... Was, I
0: was shocked that I thought it was as good as it was. Like, all I'm going to say is... I gave it a 9. Onward's a 9. Wally's way better than Onward.
1: Oh, okay, then. Well, big shoes, then they... But, were,
0: like, okay, so, real quick before we end. What's your Pixar, like, back... Ooh, what have you I watched of Pixar? Bug's um, Life is good. What other ones are Pixar? Bug's Life gets shit on a little bit. People give me You've seen, I'm enough. assuming, three of the four Toy Stories? I saw the first two. I didn't see number three. Man, three's good. Um, three's real good. Uh, no Wally. Monster Monsters, Inc. I'm guessing love no. love Monsters, Inc. Loved Monsters Inc. It. It's I phenomenal. didn't see the second
1: one. The Monsters, Not as I'm good. Excited. It's fine. The first fine. one was good.
0: I'm glad you remember because I don't Incredibles. One. I saw the first one. Yeah, the second one's all right. Uh, I don't like the Incredibles as much as a lot of people. Okay ratatouille have you seen ratatouille a long time ago ratatouille rules i I'm uh, still
1: am a big pat oswald fan and i just was like i need to support everything he does
0: i would say from the sounds of it the biggest hole in your pixar resume there is you need to watch people are going to come at me we've already done the nightmare before christmas yeah, they, they are. Yeah, uh, that's cool ups ups first 15 to 20 impeccable flawless perfect you know the cutoff point if you've watched it before after that subpar of kids moving. Oh, really weird. Okay. But like first 15 Academy award, uh-huh. it basically like manages to sum up the absolute pain of losing loss, yeah. of loss, of losing a loved one. The joy of like growing up with a loved one. Also, there's like a shot in there that implies that the uh, wife was not able to have a kid Uh-oh. at one point. So it's like, it summed up a lot of emotions Ooh. beautifully in a friendship and everything within a 15 minutes time span. And then the rest of it is, like, about an old man trying to find a toy. It, like, hits a lot of rote kids movie notes, that yeah. I'm just like, no. <laughs> I was in for the first 15, and the rest of this is just. But, yeah, Wally, what I would say, probably the biggest, like, just beginning to end best. Cool. I'm Missing gonna, out on yours. Wally, I'm
1: going to hold that one.
0: For I'm the, the pod, Yay. The side, Yeah, Because you want me to watch base of the Circle. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so 9.5 for me and a 9.2. Strong.
1: Very good. <sighs> Thank you, Thank you for, uh, for doing this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably would have thought I All Dogs is good, I'm sure, but probably not a 9.2, so... It sounded like a Steve C. Sue for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas, like, I think I have a bigger variance of West scores where it seems like you're, like, a lot... You know, just kind of delicately packed in there. His body work, yeah. It's pretty much all high 8s and 9s for me, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's nice that we have variants on that, though. I, mm. Not a divisive episode after... Yeah, we
1: need to do it to mouse back.
0: I gave you enough of a shot with Andy Forrest, Tyler, to watch him at Horizon, that I didn't want it to be like, he got him again. So I just put, it's divisive. Yep. Did you read it. the cap on that? The, the, like, little description? Oh, it did? Did you read it? Oh no, I just okay the title. Damn yeah, it. if you're not out there, like if you're out there, I put descriptions of everything and I right put there. some plot and time into well I don't want to say too much. It takes me like ten minutes, but I think of something funny and quirky to say, and occasionally I'm just like I have nothing and they're real by the numbers. But that's gonna be it. They're locked in the vault next week. Mom and Dad, spectacular now. You've been listening to the Arizona Movie Club. I wanted to say Arizona movie, or Arizona Movie Podcast, i almost refer to us as if that sounds cooler to you, just by all means let us know. Is AMP a better abbreviation than AMC? We'll let you guys decide. Especially before we go to Patreon, like, I want the best sounding name to rack up the most yeah. dollars, yo. The first
1: yeah, the first person to send us an email is going to have a
0: pretty much of on
1: this show, yeah.
0: And think about it this way. If you're the first to send us an email, even if we have thousands of fans at one point and we have patrons and we're doing this professionally, you're going to have more pull. We're going to have nostalgia we'll for you. The, the Our first emailer. You want to hear more kazoos and slide whistles? <laughs> Alright. Do we need to sound more like
1: Schlock Jock Sports Radio? (laughs) 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 This soundboard of
0: just... Oh, no. the most this is the most terrible to me that's bad program i don't know if i'll do that
1: what if we did and then our listeners just shot through the roof oh
0: we just die like and the internal conflict yeah, if we just like, had to I become do this in good conscience. caricatures of ourselves <laughs> well for now we don't have that problem thank you for listening to this weird podcast that we make basically every week it'll be every week from now on yeah, wednesdays later. and saturdays do not forget email us arizona movie club at gmail.com easy movie club at gmail.com or tweet us Or whatever. We're not going to give our phone numbers out on here. But other than that, you can reach us. I promise. Thank you for listening. That's all I've got for now. Have a good night, week, day, whatever. Thanks, guys.